I think a lot of people are looking for that community and they're looking online to find that they're looking in their social circles to find that. And I think that content plays a very strong role in that because it basically gives them affirmation of this is what I believe and you're seeing it or it gives them something to debate against or, you know, it's something where, especially in the social media world, people are building these communities around issues. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Inner Wealth, the Forbes Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal, CEO of Forbes Ignite. And every week I'll be sharing with you my conversations with unique, creative, and innovative people across all different industries. These are people who are intellectually curious explorers who are also redefining what it means to be successful today. From personal to professional, we cover it all to understand what drives our guests to blaze their own trails and create nimble solutions within the industries that touch each of our lives. Our guest today is Justin Nanfeld, Managing Director and CMO of Anaheim Studios. Justin's industry has gone through so many changes since the start of the pandemic, and it's great to hear how he and his team have been able to reimagine their business. I admire Justin's enthusiasm for his work, where he helps companies create their narratives through storytelling and thoughtful marketing. We talk about everything from authenticity in your brand and in yourself, and using this time during a pandemic to reflect on what kind of impact you want to have in the world. I know you're going to love what he has to say. Here's our chat. Hey, Justin, thanks so much for being here. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been so great getting to know you because I always learn so much more from you every time I speak with you. And I learn a lot about your industry and there's so much changing within your industry. And I'd love to know how it's been for you in the past year. This last year was a definitely a wild ride. It's kind of funny because this last week we were actually doing our 2021 visioning and planning out for the year. And we actually always look back at the previous year and it was almost comical to look at 2020, like the vision and where we were planning and what we were thinking we were going to do. And what ultimately happened was completely different. And a lot of that comes down to being able to pivot as a business, as much as I hate the term pivot, it's a hundred percent what we did because Going into 2020, you know, Anaheim Studios as a company, we shoot everything from broadcast commercials down to events, down to sizzle reels, things like that. And events was a good portion of what we shot. So when obviously everything shut down, we lost probably 30% of our work right off the bat. And we had a couple of open bids where people were freezing their budgets. And it it was just something where you're kind of looking around going like, okay, so this year is going to be a little different. And we had this one project that we were working on where we were working with an influencer and shooting these interviews with him. And we were three episodes in into a 10 episode series. And it was something where basically he would bring on a celebrity guest and we do an interview. It was like a video podcast. And essentially, you know, all of that was going to get canceled if we couldn't figure out a way to, to, you know, shoot it differently. So what we did is we figured out how to shoot remotely. We brought in, you know, 4k cameras that were ones that he could set up himself. We, we started sending out, you know, these remote kits, which had cameras, lighting kits, audio, all that kind of stuff all incorporated. And then it turned into something where work essentially begets work, begets work where, you know, you take that one piece of content and you showcase it to somebody else of like, this is what you can do remotely. And then you just kind of started talking to people and ultimately it ended up working out really well, where at the end of the day, we, we finished 10% above where we were projecting at the beginning of the year. And that's pre COVID. And, you know, so looking back, we're like, that's a win. And I I think a lot of it credits to 
figuring out how to be agile and kind of reposition where your targets are, where your goals are, it completely changed who our clients were. But it's funny because being in those positions, I, I think it actually changes how you would hustle for something. And it's an interesting thought of like, if COVID didn't happen and we didn't have to rethink how we were approaching business, I don't know if we would have actually accelerated that much more if we didn't, if we weren't forced to. So it, it's kind of been a, an interesting and wild ride, but overall it's been kind of fun. That's incredible. Kudos to you and your team for for thinking really quickly on your feet and getting through last year higher than expected. So that's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been, you know, we were, we were really happy and, you know, felt like very fortunate to have actually done that. And, you know, it's kind of looking at this year and saying, there's going to be something again this year that we're not planning for. And how do we plan for the unexpected? <laughs> to quote the great philosopher, Mike Tyson, of course, uh, he says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And we got punched pretty hard last year. So, <laughs> right. But no, that sounds incredible, though, because as we all know, there's been lots of negative emotions, negative news happening within the past year or so. But it's always great to hear a lot of positivity that came out of as a result of what had to change. And yeah. I feel like you and your group were pioneers in the change in methodology and trying to film things uh, remotely because you were probably one of the first people to, to have done that. So I think that's really mm -hmm. incredible. So I'm really curious, just the role of storytelling, the role of narratives. And I know that plays a huge part in the work that you do, but what have you seen that's changed since the beginning of the pandemic until now? I think a lot of things have changed. Specifically speaking, when the pandemic started, um, a lot of people are trying to figure out how do you create content remotely? And because of that, you saw the way that people created content changed completely. And because of that as well, I think a lot of viewers or consumers or whatever you want to call them, their, their bar for what was acceptable in terms of content was lowered a bit in a good way. I mean, it's something where you'd see Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen DeGeneres filming their show on their phone. And it was interesting because, you know, for us as a company, we were able to say, well, we can beat that. And if this is where the bar is, we can go above that and kind of, you know, here's our little cameras, here's our 4K setup with the mics, microphones and the light kit and the audio and all these pieces that, you know, you can help them set up over Zoom. And you can take that and you can take your production to the next level. But what we ultimately realized out of this is that it's not necessarily the level of the production that people were looking at is more the story behind the production. And if you can tell a compelling story, it doesn't matter if it's shot on an iPhone. It doesn't matter if you shoot it on 4K or a red cam or if it's shot from a drone. I mean, the, the story is ultimately what's going to drive the engagement. And, you know, Anaheim Studios as a company, one of the things that we say to a lot of our clients is that the content you put out is the narrative of your brand, whether or not you like that, you know, and it's something where people have always said it's content, 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 content is king. And while we nod to that, we don't believe that. We think that story is king because it'd be better to put out one engaging, solid piece of content that engages with your audience and with your brand than 20 pieces of content that fall flat or no one wants to see. Now, this is where your work really comes in. This is why your work is so important because you, you all really control the narrative and the stories that brands and companies want to tell. And you have an influence in the way that People not only receive these messages, but really, are they truly representing the stories that need to be told? And so I'd love your thoughts around that. 
So there, there's something that's interesting in the idea of editorial planning, I think has changed over the years. Um, and I don't want to say back in the day, because this is early 2000s. And, I'm, you know, but it's something where back in the day, so to speak, I, I think a lot of what content was out there was up to an editor. And they were saying like, that whole idea of give the people what they want. I, I do remember back, I think it was in January 05, 06, 07, 08, or something like that. It was, it was like four years in a row, men's health had the same cover four years in a row. And essentially it had the same titles, different picture. So it said like, work on your abs for spring, you know, spring training or something like that. And it was because we are creatures of habit. And as a consumer, we are looking for the same thing year over year over year. And I think from a marketing side of things, you know, when the editor is looking at it saying like, what kind of content makes sense to put out there? It's, well, what are the people looking for? Well, we know that, you know, this is going to be trending. So let's create content and put it there. But at the same time, I think that that's changed from having the editor be the one deciding that to more of like an algorithm deciding that, which is good and bad because one, it's good because you're getting more targeted content experiences. You're, you're able to actually, you know, tailor content to somebody that actually wants to see it. But at the same time, it's bad because it, it's something where when you're getting content, a lot of times it's becoming more of a echo chamber or a silo or whatever you want to call it, where it basically takes, this is my worldview. And it just takes that and then perpetuates it because that's the only content that's going into it. Right. So it's kind of this like catch 22 of when you're creating content, it's you know, do you want to have it fall in line with this is what the algorithm is telling us? Or do you want to create something that's going to challenge that? It may not land as well from an advertising perspective. It's, it's interesting because it's like at the end of the day, you want an ROI for what you're creating. So you want to make sure the content you create lands, but you also don't want to perpetuate the problem. Yeah. We're seeing this trend or we're seeing people producing their own content per se, and mm -hmm. they're trying to tell their own stories and they're trying to control their own narratives so that they can talk about the things that they really care about. So how are companies and how are brands really responding to this? And how has that really affected their CSR, for example? I, it's a great question. I, I think a lot of what people are doing from a brand perspective is they are partnering with people that align with their value system. So if they have an influencer, so to speak, that is already involved in environmental issues are already involved in diversity issues. And, you know, it's something where the influencers on the other side, they also understand the importance of being authentic to their audience. So they're not going to partner with somebody, especially a brand, if it's going to take them down. So if you think about it from a brand perspective, you have to be walking the walk in order for that influencer to line up with you because it's something where they're not going to if what you have going on doesn't align with their value system either. It's finding people that can be the amplifier for your brand, or they can be the voice of your brand for you to their audience, because those are the people that you're trying to talk to, and they've already curated that audience. So instead of having a wider reaching message, you're going very targeted, very specific. And if you hit, you know, three, four or five influencers and they're all creating that content for you, you're still hitting the wide audience, but it's a lot more targeted. Exactly. And there's something that you said that I really liked when it comes to rethinking how you do business. There's been a lot of rethinking across the industry, not just within the film industry and video communications, but really all across arts and entertainment. And so in your line of work, 
How do you feel marketing can actually be used as a force for good in the world, given the current climate and everything that's going on? Yeah. So it's been interesting to think about because ultimately the content we're creating is a channel for that force for good. It's not necessarily the driver. So what it means is the people behind it or the brand behind it actually has to stand for what it is that you're promoting in that content. And it's something where it's like that content, it's a messenger. You can't just say whatever you want and assume that it's going to come out perfect for everyone or assume that people are going to take it at, at face value and say, all right, you're good. You know, because it's like you have the opportunity to make a social change and actually really impact people's lives. But at the end of the day, when we're making content with people, we need to make sure that it's actually something that they believe in because it doesn't work if not. I mean, you know, you can pretend for... I mean, it's online five seconds and then it's not going to work. So what it all boils down to is really the purpose of the organization, right? And if an organization doesn't really have that true North Star about their purpose and their whole existence of why they are a company to begin with and how it's not serving people, not just serving short-term gains and short-termism, but really serving people, people can definitely see right through that. And I 100% agree that if their actions don't collectively roll up to that purpose, whatever advertising, marketing that you have will fall flat on its face for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, from a marketing perspective, you do have to be honest with the content that you're putting out there. You can't just do anything for clicks or popularity anymore because if you're saying that your hiring practices are something or your product stands for something, it's going to be brought to light very quickly that that's not true. And, you know, I think that there's a big opportunity for brands that do practice that or do have things that they stand for to be able to showcase it or explain it or, you know, kind of showcase, hey, we have diversity in our hiring practices. And these are ways that we can show that and actually connect with your audience in a new level. Because, People, they want to be educated. They don't want to just be wowed with content anymore. They're not looking for that, you know, MGM casino kind of experience of where it's just flashy lights and things like that. I mean, like people want organic content that they can really consume and believe in and feel good about at the end of the day. Exactly. Because companies and brands have so much influence over how they can actually drive forward key issues of public interest. And so I'm wondering, how have you and your company really as a channel, help companies shift the collective thoughts and behaviors of these communities? I think for us, it's something of finding the stories that really bring that to light and kind of double clicking and punching in on that and, and actually providing the brand's opportunities to showcase how they are helping the community, how they are helping the environment, how they're, you know, being a global citizen of sorts. And, you know, it, it's knowing what the channels of their audience that they're consuming the content on. So whether you're creating it, you know, in a short TikTok video, or you're doing it more long form editorial base, or if it's something where, you know, we had a client that they were saying like their whole thing is they exist to give back. And so we worked with them to create a whole narrative piece that was, you know, two to three minutes long, but when they were sending it out to people, people are actually consuming it the whole way through because they believe in what the brand is actually the ethos of the brand. And so it wasn't just a commercial saying like, Hey, we're here to give back because a lot of brands say that, but not everyone does that. And it was interesting to see because with COVID happening this last year, like they actively were part of the community. They were actively allowing their, um, they had a program where every 
person in their company was able to pick a charity and, and donate to it. And then the company was giving to it. So it was like, they were living out what they were saying. So when they were creating content later and were saying like, here's the different things that we've done. It wasn't just a like, Hey, this is us putting a banner in, in the sand and saying like, look, this is what we're all about. It's saying, here's tangible examples of what we've already done and how we're actively giving back as part of the community. That's incredible. I really commend you and, and your client for doing that because like you said, a lot of people are really just putting things out there just for clicks, just for extra likes. You can stack up as many likes as you want. But again, if it doesn't really come down to the core purpose of your organization and the whole purpose around serving people, then it's not going to be very genuine and it's not going to have very positive social effects at all. So that's amazing to hear. And I think something that's interesting too is like, by no means are we taking any credit for the work that they did. We are purely a conduit where we are highlighting that work and be making it so that we're offering an opportunity and a channel to say, look at the great work that you've done. We're going to find a way for you to showcase that and bring others along the journey with you. And I mean, it's something that's interesting to think about as well of like for brands, if they're going to be doing all this good work, I, I am saying this partially to the detriment of us in the sense of like, do you need a video to say, you know, I donated this much to all these people? Like, do you need a video to actually prove that you did it? Or is it something that you'd be doing that on your own? And I think there's lots of ways that you can tell that story. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to be out there shouting, hey, look at me, look how awesome I am. But there are opportunities as well where you're looking at it saying, you know, we've done something good here. This is part of the conversation that's already going on. And this is how we're going to participate. Right. No, absolutely. And it all comes out to bringing it back to human, right? Where we're talking about people here. And when we're all speaking the same language and we're all sharing the same stories that need to be told, think about how much more we can get done collectively and how marketing can really be used as a force for good in that respect. Yeah. And I think it's something where people are looking for community and that's where they're searching online, you know, whether it's people they follow, whether it's groups they're in. And I think that there's the opportunity to use content to help build that community, whether it's working with an influencer or working with a brand or like finding ways that you can essentially take your message and put it into that conversation, knowing that you deserve to be in that conversation or you have a purpose for being in that conversation. And that's where I think a lot of brands kind of put their, their foot in their mouth because they come in and they feel like they have to have a opinion or they have to have, you know, this is what's trending. So we need to be part of it because everyone wants to be part of the cultural jet stream. But that doesn't mean that you deserve to be in that conversation because if you as a brand aren't lined up with that value system or that value set that that community is trying to build, you're going to get called out really quickly. Absolutely. What is your viewpoint personally when it comes to holding brands accountable and making sure that they're telling the right kind of messaging that actually represents what has to be told right now? I think that it's very important for brands to align internally with the content that they are putting out. And if they are trying to just be part of a trend or trying to just be part of a conversation for the sake of being part of that, because it's what's trending, what's hot, what people are telling them to say, I think it's almost better for them not to be part of that conversation. And instead they should look internally at what do they truly believe as a company? And in terms of the content they're putting out there, I think it's, you almost have to have a checklist of, you know, there's 
one side of things where it's just an ad and it's saying, well, this is just straight promoting our product. But there's another side where it's saying like, when you're trying to make a statement about who we are is, does it really represent who you are? Because ultimately people are going to see through it and, you know, people dig and, you know, they'll, (laughs) the truth will come out. And so I don't know. I mean, I think it's something where at the end of the day, I want to work with people that are passionate about what they believe, but they'll stand behind it and they'll actually mean it. Right. Absolutely. I 100% could not agree more. What I'd love to know is what is your superpower as a marketer and how are you standing behind the, the values and the beliefs that you just described earlier? So I was talking with my business partner the other day about what are the skill sets that we have that we think helps drive our business. And, you know, this is obviously something that I'm working on and you want to continually be honing your skills. So by no means would I call this a superpower, but I think a skill set that I really value is having the ability to form authentic relationships that you're developing content and creating content with people that you really want to be working with. And you're not just doing it as they're just a client or they're just creating content to create content. You're actually building relationships that the stories that will come out will be more authentic because there's true meaning behind the content that you're creating. That, that was a bit redundant, but you know what I'm saying. Essentially, it's you're, you're able to build the relationship so that when you're shooting a video, you can actually get that true story behind things. Or when you are, it's kind of that, like the best content that we get when we're doing interviews is usually after the official interview is over. You know, the cameras keep running and that's when the gold comes out because you have that ability to sit with them and actually talk and actually get, here's your true feelings. Here's the guards down. And I think that's something that from a content perspective, having that ability to one, form that relationship. And then two, having the editorial approach to have the freedom to not have your content completely locked in of like, this is a hundred percent what we're doing going into it because you're allowing yourself to actually resonate with the person you're creating the content with so that you get a stronger story in the end. And you're building these really strong connections with people because again, it is a people centric business and we're bringing it back to human as I like Mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. What I really love about that is it really plays into the, the title of this podcast. And I would love to know what your definition is of inner wealth. So for me, I think inner wealth is having your belief system, having your value system be something that comes out in the work that you do. And it's something that you are so excited about it that, you know, it's not even necessarily work. I know that sounds cliche, but my my dad had this thing where he said, like, you're in the right industry if he called it the 80-20 rule. And it's like 80% of what you do, you absolutely love. And 20% is work. And that's why it's called work. And it's something where that's always stuck with me. And I think this idea of inner wealth is you have these, these morals, these values, these skill sets, these different passions that you're doing, and they're all kind of part of who you are as a person. And it's like, you're able to show them through the content you create or through the, the, you know, the content that you put out. And I think that's something where that is extremely valuable. And to me, it's like, that's that wealth is that value of what I'm putting out is super exciting because it's something I'm passionate about. It tells a good story. It's something that I know is going to drive a narrative that's going to help brands. I mean, like, it's funny because when you are working with 
a video and you're shooting it, like you, you can get really excited because you're like, I know that this is going to change people's lives. And you know, you have that power and it's like, you can use it as a manipulative way, or you can use it in a way that you think is actually going to do good for the world. And I think having that viewpoint of like, this is kind of the angle that I want to go at it is, is just makes it that much more exciting to work on. It sounds like what I think your superpower is, is being able to help people articulate their truth through the medium of film or through video or whatever that might be. I think that's, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that'd be great. I'm, I'm learning that might be one, but I want to be careful not to say that's my superpower, but I mean, I I know that's something I'm super excited about and it's something that makes me want to go to work every day is being able to tell people stories. And, you know, we say that everyone has a story to tell, but not everyone knows how to tell it. And that's where we come in. And that's our job is to be part of that storytelling process. And that I think to me is super exciting. And I mean, that is a inner wealth to, to be able to, to have that as my job that I do every day. Well, Justin, it's been such an honor speaking with you. And again, I always learn so much from you. So I really appreciate the conversation and for you taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. It's been fun. We should definitely do this again sometime soon. That's it for this week's episode of Inner Wealth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that you'll join us next week as we continue to explore all the ways success is being redefined in our ever-changing world. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Instagram at Forbes Ignite for more thought-provoking content and opportunities to engage with us. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal. Thanks for joining us.